Welcome to the Logistics of Logistics, a podcast dedicated to exploring how things get places and the people who get them there. We'll talk with logistics and supply chain leaders about innovation, industry trends, and the future of the logistics business. Now, here's your host, Joe Lynch. Hello, friends. Welcome to the Logistics of Logistics. My name is Joe Lynch. Thank you so much for joining us today. Today's topic is tracking medical shipments with my friend Alex Skian. How's it going, Alex? Very good. Thank you very much, Joe. Appreciate it. Mm-hmm. I am so excited to do this topic, and uh, you all should be who are listening should be excited too, because we've all known during COVID how critical the medical supply chain is. We also know that we had disruption, and we're going to continue to have disruption as we change our, our supply chains because of what's happening in the world. And what's happening in China, what's happening in Europe, we're going to have new supply chains. And I think we all recognize uh, that medical <laughs> medical shipment is for your loved ones. You want it to be there. So stay tuned. Anyway, Alex, please introduce yourself and your company and where you're calling from today. Thank you, Joe. My name is Alex Guillen. Uh, I work as a sales director for uh, Life Science and Pharma for Tyfe Incorporated. I am based in Switzerland. I've been living here for a while right now, since 1990. And um, I've been basically in the world of cold chain for the last uh, 16 years. I come from the industry, from pharma. Was work, I work with Novartis Vaccines as director for commercial operations in the public markets. So, so where are you at in Switzerland? I live in the southern part of Switzerland. In the, in who, people that know Switzerland, there's an Italian-speaking part, not far from Italy close to the Lake Maggiore, so it's not such a bad place. It sounds like such a beautiful place. That, that's that's where George Clooney lives sometimes, isn't it? Yeah, he's <laughs> on the other lake, right next lake, which is a Como Lake on the Italian side, yeah. Ah, very nice, very nice. So uh, can you speak Italian? Yeah, 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 I've been here long enough, yeah. Very nice. Now, um, Alex, you that is not a Swiss accent you have. <laughs> so, <laughs> so where are you from? So I'm originally from Peru. So I left Peru when I was 17 years old. I went to the U.S. actually. So that's where I'm from. Where did you study for school? So I was I went to the English school. After that, came to Switzerland, then back again in the U.S. And actually, I went to Santa Monica College. Was, had my part of the West Coast, and then I graduated from George Washington University in the Washington D.C. in business. Where, where was George Washington? I don't even know. There's George, George Washington University. That's in Washington, D.C. Oh, man. So you were West Coast of the U.S., then the East Coast of the U.S., and Europe. Yep. And South America. <laughs> My goodness. I'm, well, so you can speak a few languages then. Yeah. How many? Four fluently. I am trying to get fluent in English, but that's as far as I'm going to go. <laughs> they they tried to make us speak French back in the day, and I always now in retrospect, I was like, why weren't we learning Spanish? <laughs> like, I live in the U.S. Like, why weren't we learning Spanish? But anyway, um, so you work for Tive, uh, T I V E. So please tell us what does Tive do? So Tive is a company specialized in real time visibility. It's a company that was founded in 2015 by its founder, owner, and present CEO, Krenar Komoni. And uh, the company started uh, developing solutions for tracking or getting visibility in real time of shipments. And uh, the company is growing very, very fast. It used to be you know, a handful of people over a year ago, and now it's almost reaching 200. So based in Boston, 
and uh, but now with global presence today. Yep. And so when you say real-time visibility, I joke about this, but it's no joke. I had 50 people in a row come on my podcast and say, Joe, I want to talk about visibility. And I was like, man, we can't all talk about visibility all day, every day. Like there's got to be something else. But your visibility is, I will call it next level visibility. So please explain why that is. Sure. So we say visibility instead of tracking. Tracking, when you say about tracking, it's basically know where a product is or where an asset is. And that can be inside a warehouse, that can be in transportation. Wearing what it is is one site, um, or basically knowing what it was. So tracking, but actually it was in the past. Those are already two different areas. In terms of visibility, it's just not where it is, but what is the condition. So I have the visibility on where the product is, but what the condition of that product is today. And that is being done by real-time visibility in terms of the condition of the product. So that could be temperature, whether it had a shock, whether it was damaged. So that adds, you can always add information to that visibility to make it, to make sense of it. Right. And I, when I think of what, what I think is cool about Tive, and you, please elaborate on this, is when somebody says visibility, they might mean I downloaded an app on the driver's phone and now the driver, wherever he's at, I can track him. Problem is, I don't know that he got in that truck. <laughs> he might have gotten in a car and driven to his girlfriend's house. Drivers are pretty responsible, but that could happen. Also, his EL, it could all, another way we say we could connect the driver to via ELD. Not every driver likes that, but I know we're doing that more and more. That doesn't track it necessarily on the ocean, it doesn't track it in the air. And also, I don't know that that driver that tractor is attached to the trailer that my stuff is in. Going one step further, I don't know that my pallet ever got loaded to that trailer. So when somebody says, I'm tracking that truck for you, that's great. And it's, you know, and I, we're going to get into it. But this, when you're talking medical shipments, uh, this is life-saving drugs, potentially. It could be an organ transplant. This is something that we need critically, not just late potato chips to the grocery store. I can't take a chance that that there's a something missing. And also, how is it doing? It's one thing to know, hey, my cryogenic shipment is in that tractor or trailer. It's a whole other thing to know that it's not warm. Yeah, <laughs> right. Correct, correct. So, yeah, so the, 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 the big difference, I mean, I think technology is a big step. If you look at devices that were tracking, like you mentioned, trucker, trucks in the past, they used to look about this big, right? So now technologies, you know, militarization have done that technology, so it's smaller, smaller, smaller. So a type device is pretty much the size of a deck of cards. It's quite small. And then in that, in, in that has, what that makes is that this tracker, this device, is you actually attach it, not, not necessarily to the truck. You can do that, but you can, it can actually go on the pallet. It can go on the parcel. It can go on close to the product. And so this, this is, this means that because when you have a combination of cost and as well technology, you're actually, you're actually able to track the product. You know the condition of the product. The, the device is close to the product itself. So it's not about the truck. It's not about the driver. It's about the product. Yeah, and I can say this. I, I remember studying. I did a lot of training for a lot of different companies on the Food Safety Modernization Act. And the Food Safety Modernization Act wasn't asking us to track the trailer temperature they were asking what is the temperature of the food 
And the, and there's a difference there because you can say, hey, that I moved it in that track in that trailer. Well, I don't know. Did how long did it sit on a dock? How long was it? How long was it sitting unrefrigerated? Right. So this is you said it's about the size of a deck of cards. I can actually put that into my uh, onto my palette, put it onto my product, and track. Correct, correct. And 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 when you mention whether it's food, whether it's food, what is medicine, the big it is very highly regulated, and therefore also the protection of whatever it is, whether it's product or whether it's medicine, the protection is also you know the regulation forces companies to be very to develop the the SOPs that you know really make sure that you are actually looking at the condition of the product. So where you put the trucker, how is it handled, what kind of package you're using, where are you using it, where are you placing it, all that is very highly regulated. So it is important, you know, for for supply, for, for service providers in this area to know those regulations because there is a lot of help already there in terms of how to do the things right so that connectivity is correct and also the visibility of the condition of the product is good. Excellent. Excellent. So, yeah, again, I think this is, it's one thing we all, we, we all want tracking and there's a price for tracking, right? Um, it's getting cheaper and cheaper, but I think when we're talking the critical and we'll get into the types of medical shipments that we're talking about, but I think when we get into medical stuff, the bar is higher. There are lives uh, at risk. And again, we just lived through the pandemic and I always say, knock on wood that it's over. I, I had COVID a month ago, so I, I'm, and, I, and one of my best friends has it this week. So even though we're on the, I like to think the tail end of this, we've seen what this can do. And we've seen the difference between having the drugs on hand when we needed them versus not. And not only that, ventilators here in the States, we didn't have enough ventilators and who would have ever guessed that? So Anyway, so let's get, let's get into the type of medical shipment. So the, the, you told me before we hit record that there's, there's commercial pharma and clinical pharma. Please explain the difference between those two types of medical shipments. Yep. This is just a way to simplify for the public and make it, uh, let's say, kind of give some level of understanding on the, in the, logist- on the logistics side. So commercial pharma, commercial logistics, is when you are actually handling a product that has already received approved of commercialization. It can be commercialized. So it has an FDA approval and now it can be sold to the public and that's what is commercial. That what happens in logistics in this, in this thing because of there is data, there is a stability data of this product already there. It can happen in a week, but it can have product can be shipped in a week, but it can also go months. And today there is a, even a trend to try more and more ocean shipments. And, you know, to reduce cost, but also to which have a, a more, in, a better impact and sustainability of the shipment. So this is commercial is imagine production, production into depots, regional areas, and then, you know, somewhere of medicine going to the patient. Clinical world is the difference. The clinical world is just before commercialization. So that's in the clinical trial. And this, the distribution on clinical happens much, much smaller. I had the chance to work almost five years as a global coaching director for Fisher Clinical Services, which is part of Thermo Fisher, one of the major players in clinical trials. And what was surprising for me when I worked with them is to see how the world of com- world commercial logistics has a certain period of time, but in clinical, everything happened in 24 hours, 48 hours, because drugs has to be shipped by air quickly and they have to arrive there. 
And so the, t the time is much, much shorter. There is much less information in terms of the stability data of the drug. And therefore, everything has to host very fast. And then the consequence of cost is higher because when you are actually doing a clinical trial, you're recruiting patients, you're shipping the drug. It has to be there when patients are there. Because in case it's not there, you have to send the patients out and then probably have to get them back if you can get them back. And the, and this is, that's the complexity. It's like commercial can go from point A to B, B, C, D. Clinical goes from one place to a hundred. And then as phase one and two, three, four goes, goes one shipment. First phase one is to understand, you know, the collateral effects of the drug. Phase two about more of its efficacy. And phase three, you can have thousands and thousands of clinical sites. So it's a lot of complexity on the on the logistics. Yeah, and and I've got to think if I've if we know we've all heard how expensive it is to develop drugs, so or treatments, we'll say. And I have to think that when it's in the still in the prototype, and I'm probably that's probably not the right word, but. I'll use it. I'm an automotive guy. We have prototypes. Study phase. <laughs> Study phase. Okay. When that's, those have to cost millions of dollars easily. I mean, the, you spend all that money. And so if you say, hey, uh, Alex, I just got that. It's just going to be a day late to the trial. You go, day late, don't send it because we can't use it. Right. It could be that critical depending on, you know, the, the drugs. Right. Yeah. It's especially timing. If it's day late, patients are not going to wait in the hospital. They're not going to sleep in the hospital. And on, and most of these, especially with our drugs that are more sensitive, like biologics, which needs to keep after a special temperature, there is also a space issue. You need to, you know, you move, you move these clinical supplies into a hospital. And in the hospital, you have amount of space that you can keep to, you can keep it at two to eight Celsius or 15 to 25. And that is a whole logistics thing. You cannot just keep on shipping product, you know. It, People have to handle that, put it under a special environment, make sure that the cold chain is maintained, and make sure that that happens when patients to, to do the trials. So it's also a lot of coordination. So let's talk of, so you've, you've explained the commercial versus clinical, and the commercial is that it's already been approved. Now this is being distributed out to all of us consumers for use. And then clinical is, as you call it, study phase. So it could be very expensive and very time sensitive. All, all of it's time sensitive. All of it's probably, a lot of it's, the very nature of drugs is it's sensitive, but I think they have probably very different concerns. So if I'm talking commercial pharma, especially we know the drug problem that much of the world suffers from, especially here in the U.S., theft. The, the, I got to think these are worth millions of dollars. So someone says, hey, I can steal a, a trailer full of drugs. I'm going to retire after that. So those have to be tracked in a way that is just, it has to be the next level of, of, Tracking. So talk about talk about the difference between tracking commercial and clinical shipments using what you guys, your experience at Tive. So on the, in case of, of commercial, the roads are a bit more established, let's put it that way. Big challenges in commercial also when we do tracking is different parts of the world. Uh, you're shipping product into, I don't want to mention regions, but some regions are easier than others. And when you right. go to different difficult regions, then you have to raise the level of control and monitoring. In those cases, in commercial, you know, TIF developed a, has a 24-7 monitoring service, a managed services. So it's not just a tracker. The tracker allows you to know what product is. It allows you to know what it is. Then you have a platform which allows you to manage that shipment. 
uh, to get intelligent notifications, intelligent alarm if something goes wrong. But then it goes into also having people that are actually to support and, and be more proactive in case that you, you, know, you might lose a product. And all that is, 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 let's say, all the monitoring services are easier to implement in kind of commercial kind of logistics. Right. And I would think that I, I've heard this. A friend of mine called and he was, uh, he's from India originally, but he lived in the U.S. for a long time and he was doing some business in India. And he called me about cold chain. He says, there's tons of cold chain warehouses in India. He's, but it's a big country. And he said, there was, there was a lack of cold chain. This was probably 10 years ago, so it's probably changed, but lack of cold chain transportation in some regions. And obviously critically important. I can't put my drugs at risk by saying, oh, I'll just move them dry van if they need to be cold chain. And so you can tell me not only where they're at, but what the temperature is. And I think this is why we're, we're all going to be using these type of trackers because, again, it just makes so much sense. The, the idea that I have, it could be thousands, hundreds of thousands, millions of dollars worth of, of drugs, and, and the price is small when you consider if it doesn't get there and somebody uh, has adverse health effects because of it. Yeah, and traditionally, the way of monitoring temperature has been done in a passive way. So co companies use... It's after the fact. Yeah, it's, it's exactly <laughs> a fact. You use data loggers. It has its way. I mean, I'm not saying nothing wrong with it, but this product arrive and you actually you know find out whether it's with through a USB or a cloud, whatever, what happened to the shipment. I think where real-time visibility and action allows is to while the products in transit, you can do something and then for safe product, you know, they reduce the waste. So you could give, there's an alarm on that that says, hey, if this goes over, I'll just make this number up. This goes over 42 degrees, you're going to get a, a an alert to the driver, an alert back to the, the shipper, alerts to whoever, right? And those could, do those alerts come by your mobile phone or by your systems or what? Yeah, there are different ways. So first of all, type is very API integrative. So Actually, it can be we can be the information can be pushed into the into our customers or a TPL that we work with, but we also have direct notifications via you know text or via email, and that's the important thing. But also, what is important is combine alerts because if if you just have temperature, you might have an alert, but as you are supposed to have an alert because the box is supposed is open at the right spot, <laughs> so it's okay to have an alert. So the important thing uh, in case of, of having devices of real-time visibility is it smart enough that this way, combining shock, motion, geolocalization, and temperature, and light, you know that the alert makes sense and it should happen or it shouldn't happen. So it is also a combination of, sens of sensors and a combination of information that allows people to, you know, the logistics provider to take the right decision as to when is really a problem and when it's not. Yeah, and by the way, I had some shipments and we were moving. I was advising somebody and we were moving these from way down in Mexico all the way to the northeast. So this was a long ride and some stuff was showing up damaged. And it was it had been handled at the border, the Mexico-U.S. border. And then through LTL it was handled. And then when it was damaged, it was always kind of like, well, uh, yeah, it was damaged when we got it. Right. So it's a, a he said, she said, no, I didn't break it. Alex broke it. It was broken when Alex gave it to me. We we didn't handle it that way. And you guys can tell me if we were to use a sensor. And I know we're talking about medical now, but you could tell somebody, hey, your 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 drugs fell from a 
had some sort of shock. They fell off a shelf in this warehouse. Yep. And I can so, tell yeah. you the time and I can give you an alert and say, hey, it, your stuff was damaged right now. That was a significant enough fall that we suspect there's broken broken whatever's in there, right? Yeah, absolutely. That, that's the advantage you have in, for example, shock sensors. Uh, we can we can actually, you know, configure the sensor sensitivity of the sensors, you know, to have depending on the amount of G that you want the force that you want to apply. And that really allows to customers to understand because you combine, you know, that it because of the GPS, because of geolocalization, you know, it happened right here on this place at this time. That's um, that's amazing. Boom, you know. So so potentially I could say, hey, those drugs fell off a shelf or, or were dropped or whatever in this location right now. We suspect there's damage. Let's resend. Let's resend another. You know, maybe it's a pallet or whatever right now to replace that because it's critical. Right, right. And you know what we have seen is, I mean, this is based on experience, and that's why I think that you know I got excited to be able to actually see that information in real time. Is that when you start adding data, when you start accumulating information? There is always a pattern, so you ca- you start finding out that oh my issues are at this place, they are at this site. This, this is this where the temperature wire. starts to go That's too high, it, or where the drops happen. Exactly, and then once you get that data, it starts getting smarter. So, oh, now you start you you start understanding uh, how to do corrective actions. You can develop improve your process because you know that I don't know the Japanese site is making this mistake, or because that that courier is not handling properly in that particular pile. So, and that's where you can take action. That's, that's, and that's a win-win for everybody. I mean, sometimes service providers like 3PLs, they think they try to do their best, but they also, you know, contract other other companies and then it helps them to also check what they're doing. And, you know, we, we this this is the, the internet of things that you keep hearing about. This is it. I call this the internet of trucking. I, I know that's not the not all just trucking, but I always call IoT internet of trucking. Yeah. But um, this is well beyond trucking. With you know what? It's the internet of tithe. That's what it is. <laughs> <laughs> that's what when somebody says, "What is IoT?" Internet of tithe because this can give me that information that allows me to make better decisions for my supply chain, not just. Not just the one time, but go, hey, you know what? We've seen this happen three times in the same location, to your point. Let's make a change. Let's yeah. talk to, let's get the best practices installed there. Let's get a new new operator training. Something has to happen there that we because we can't keep having the same problems. And, you know, you mentioned reactive versus proactive, I think, earlier. I tell the story, and um, it was a food company. And again, I know we're talking about medical, but I know there's some similarities. And they told the story of a food company, but they owned some trucks. So they did their own deliveries. They're supposed to deliver like on a Friday afternoon. They couldn't. So they said, just take it back to our terminal. Make sure the truck stays on so it stays cold. So Sunday night, somebody comes in and says, hey, this didn't stay cold. Somebody didn't keep this. this." Well, the operators decided, you know what? I'm not going to tell the boss that I unfroze a whole bunch of the frozen food. Just plug it in. And who's to know? No one knew, no one knew then. Because Alex, if it was me and you were in that warehouse, you say, Alex, I'm not going to tell the boss. You tell the boss that we th- uh, have to throw out $80,000 worth of frozen pizza. No, I'm not going to. I'm going to get fired. Screw it. I'm just going to plug it in. And maybe nobody gets hurt. But we can't take that chance with drugs. 
I don't want to take that chance with food either. So what we could have had, if I was using a Tive tracker for that, it could be in there and I could have gotten the warning, temperatures going up. It's if it continues in this trend in the next hour, we're gonna we're gonna be in real trouble. And so somebody gets a phone call, hey, Alex, did you make sure that you kept that truck on? Oh no, hell no. I I'll drive back over there right now and plug it in. Catastrophe averted. Yeah. That's what we need. We need to be told before it's over. <laughs> and, th- and this is also um, that's one of the advantage of IoT. You mentioned the IoT. There are the devices out there. The Internet of Tive? The Internet of Tive, yes. There's devices out there that sends data into the cloud. That's one direction. And on Tive, actually, it's real IoT. I'm not, I don't only send data on the cloud. I can send data into the truck. So even when the product is on transit, I can change right. the configuration. I can activate the GPS, GPS, for example. What maybe it was not activated when it left. I can, I can see this arriving to a sensor area and act and, you know, um, increase the frequency of the recordings because it's going into a special area. So there is an interaction that even if it's in transit, even if the product is gone somewhere, you know, in Taipei, you can still go and say, Oh, I need to add some more, you know, activate some sensors or doing something. And then you do that on distance. It's like just setting up your oven before you arrive home. You know, you say, oh, I better set it up and start warming up. So when I arrive, I can put my, my it's all already yep. warm. So this is, this, is, this is a big differentiator, actually, because the, the technology behind this is, is not the same than just sending that into the cloud. Right. And, and the crazy thing about all this is it's just begun. So we know you guys are, are collecting a lot of information, being, helping people be proactive about solving these problems. But it's just begun because as you have more data points, as there's more things to, to scan, you'll be able to scan those. And, and, and again, 10, 15 years ago, we couldn't track a lot of things. And a lot of things lost temperature control. And by the way, I was talking to Jim Waters, also from Tive, and he said that what you guys have learned over the last year in food is you ever go buy blueberries and they go bad too quickly and you go, God, I just bought these two days ago. Why are they going bad? And he said, because they heat it up somewhere along the line. And so if, if, if something loses temperature control just for a day or so or hours, it can be all the difference and it could lose days of, of freshness. And when you have to start throwing food out, especially in when there's people in almost every community who's not getting enough to eat, it makes you wonder, what can we do to fix that? And again, this is why we need this real-time temperature control. Anyway, so I want to make sure we hit on all of these before I let you out of my sight here. So we talked about commercial. We talked about clinical, the differences. And we started to talk about cold chain. So talk a little bit more about cold chain and what you guys are doing for your cold chain medical shipments. Yeah. So there is, on cold chain, is there's a, very, a lot of ranges. Okay. The more, the more typical ranges are the 2 to 8 degrees Celsius as well as the 15 to 25 Clean product within those two ranges. Say that again. Two, two to eight Celsius. Two to eight Celsius. Or, or okay. 15 to 25 Celsius. So those are the two ranges that are the, let's say, has been the most and popular. What are, those, what are those in Fahrenheit for us? Forget we'll, it. I, we'll I live in the I'm rock. Gonna, we'll multiply by three and put a little bit lower <laughs> than that. And that's it. <laughs> I don't want to say a number. That's, why do you say that? 
know. And, and, and there is just just some probably for the public in general. Most of the people that will be hearing this will know, but there is no Fahrenheit in, in pharma. It doesn't exist. It doesn't exist. <laughs> when I started at Automotive, we had inches, and then they like my first year, which is back like in the eighties. No more, no more inches. Don't ever say yeah, it again. Yeah, I was yeah. like, oh god, darn it. Yeah, so we exactly. all got used to millimeters. <laughs> that's 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 it's just it's just the, the danger is to go and say number is too good. From what I understand, some of the other rest of the world's using this other uh, this other metric system. I don't understand. <laughs> anyway, yeah, just just to elaborate on that. So those are the most popular. But in the last fifteen years, twenty years, there has been a huge development of more personalized medicine, and or or it's called advanced medicine uh, like cell therapy and all that. And a lot of that that medicine comes at very low temperatures. They are, they are, they are moved in minus twenty Celsius minus 60 Celsius, minus 70 Celsius, like it was the case with the Pfizer-BioNTech vaccine. And you know, the lower temperatures have bigger challenges in order to, you know, for transportation. And, and that, that's, that's a tough one. And then, of course, it goes down to cryogenic temperatures, which is minus 194. So these, these, these ranges are, you know, the different let's say regulators are trying to keep ranges that are easy to manage. And so cold chain management becomes more and more of a challenge. First of all, it's more difficult. The, 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 the earth is warmer. So you need to, it's like moving product at 28 degrees in Europe was the norm here. Now we're moving product at 38 degrees. So it's just, it's just very difficult in the summer. So, so that's, that's the big challenge right now. And it's becoming bigger and bigger. You mentioned infrastructure as well. You know, COVID has, because of COVID, a lot of infrastructure was built around the world because they needed it. That's good. That's a bit, that's a plus, let's say, but it's not enough. So it's up infrastructure and it's logistics and cold chain management requires, you know, a lot of investment for this. Yep. So you guys can, you right now are managing again, commercial, clinical, cold chain. You started to say cryogenics. What is cryogenics for those of us who are not doctors? Yeah. No, cryogenics are shipments that are done at minus 194 degrees Celsius. They usually apply to specialized therapies like cell therapy. Those are what we call LN2s. They are really liquid nitrogen packaging systems in where product is maintained at ultra low temperatures. They touch the movement of cells or to a movement of biologics that need to keep a very, very low temperature. This is, this is a big challenge in terms of supply chain, but that's the future of medicine. Cell gene therapy is the future of medicine. And if, and if I can just say things very, very simplified, cell gene therapy is imagine somebody going to a human being, taking a cell or sample out of his body, taking that into a laboratory, modifying that, doing something in the laboratory with that and send, putting it back to a patient. And it could be to one patient or it could be to multiple patients, depending on what type of, of therapy it is. The important thing about this type of therapy is that it's very new, it's very, very effective, but it's very expensive because it's in the early developments and the, trans the supply chain has big challenges because when we are actually moving that product back into the patient, they are moved in liquid nitrogen. And these are these are very ultra low temperatures, which require difficult. It's, it's difficult to manage. Yeah, and I would also think that if I'm a doctor or a medical team, 
I'm taking, I'm trying to take all the risk out of whatever procedure I'm involved in. So I'm making sure that, uh, you know, if you ever have a broken leg, they, they write on your leg left or they put an X on your leg. So make sure they don't operate on the wrong leg and they do everything they can. They shave your leg. They, they sanitize it. And here in the U.S., we have lots of lawsuits. So if I, God forbid, somebody does something wrong to, you know, in a procedure, a medical team, they're going to get sued. So the idea that you don't spend a little extra to track and be able to guarantee that that stuff stayed the proper temperature and it wasn't tampered with and it was uh, safely handled from uh, beginning to end, it's worth it. It's just completely worth it because uh, why take the risk? I mean, if it if it's one of your loved ones, you're just like, I want no risk. I don't want the risk of, oh, well, it, it seemed like maybe that those cells were heated up a little too much. Maybe they were, maybe they sat, sat on the dock for too long. I, nobody wants any of that. So, and by the way, we, we haven't talked about it. What is, what is a tracker from Tive cost? We, we have different, different, um, let's say models in terms of, 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 of trying, but, but what our goal, I don't like too much talking about price because it depends so much about volumes and all that, but we are trying as much as possible that per shipment, you know, um, the customer gets, uh, you know, they can really have full protection of something, not under fifty dollars, you know, per shipment. And this is, and this, so and if this you got a lot of volume, it's exactly. Less, yeah. But 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 just keep in mind that this is just the minimum. Then we then some customers require having monitoring services in which they they want actually really active people following the shipment, and that could go to hundreds or even more. But but our goal is that everybody has access access to to, to tracking. Right. Type's goal oh, yeah. is that everybody. So you, I'm giving you a general number. Maybe biotech pharma requires more, a bit more because they require more in terms of calibrate certifications and all that. Maybe maybe the perishables world requires a bit less. But we want that that that, that the type trackers and the type solutions is available to whether it's cell gene therapy as well as people moving cherries, you know, within the within the California. So it, it should get everywhere. Yeah. And and by the way, when you talk about anything that we're talking about here in medical, the the price is really secondary to I mean, everyone has a budget, but when you're talking about cryogenics and I say I'm moving these genes or if it's a, a clinical shipment and I I need to make sure that uh the timing is right and that the temperature stayed uh true. The idea you go, oh yeah, boss, I uh, I didn't want to spend extra money on 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 that sensor. How much extra was? It? Oh, I don't know, forty fifty bucks. Oh, good job, good decision, <laughs> right? Yeah, I mean that, that, that we're going to get to a place where that's going to be, and we I think we're already seeing this. We know we're going to get to a place where this is going to be mandatory. Absolutely. Yep. If if Fed regs don't ask for it medical communities are going to ask for it yeah i think i think covid demonstrated i don't want to throw the number but i see number was huge i mean it's, people can google it but the amount of during covid 19 the amount the amount of vaccines that were thrown away is huge i mean oh, I, yeah. I, I i just i just know i just know 30 million i think was in france so so that's a big number so it's a lot of money i have two daughters and one of my daughters works in procurement at one of the vaccine companies and very challenging. Very, very challenging. So anyway, we talked about commercial, which is after it's been approved. And the challenge there is potentially not only the temperature control, but we also have security for some drugs, right? And then we talked about clinical, which is where it's the, the study phase, the, the prototypes that have to be enormously expensive. 
so obviously Tive makes sense there. Cold chain, we just talked about cryogenics. Cryogenics just seems like that's a slam dunk. I would have it on every single one. <laughs> that's what I want to talk to you about is organ transplants. So I think we know that there are organ transplants happening. How does Tive work themselves into that field? Yeah, we we have a number of customers right now. This is this is an interesting area because uh, it's delicate because some globally it's very different. Some countries have they say the availability, and some countries really lack a lot of the availability. And one of the things, especially those countries that really availability is very very little, that you know, then having the possibility and so when finally a patient finds that organ that he needs when finally he's got it maybe waiting for three months six months maybe a year or you know maybe has a few days to live and then it happens and then you know track traceability, real-time visibility logistics becomes vital i mean this is really saving somebody's life so in terms of in terms of being uh, a very very important tool in order to secure that Locally, that is a service is, is huge. The other one is that, you know, it, the, the technology is improve, is going better and better and better in terms of maintenance of the organs. Organs can, you know, maintain for very little time, you know, and, and all the, all the logistics behind when I was mentioning clinical trials need to happen in, let's say, 24 hours, 48 hours. Maybe it could be extended to three days. You know, organ transplant movement is, is, has to be boom now. And therefore their traceability becomes extremely critical. Yeah. Being, being a day late means somebody died. Yeah. 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 This is, this is where it becomes critical. And, uh, yeah, we're, we're really proud to see that this is an area that we are, we see that we can be more, more of service. And, uh, but we need to expand it. We are very known in the United States for this, but we need to be more known in Europe. So that's what we're working. I think I, I spoke to Jim Waters about this on my podcast before, and he mentioned Jim also works at Tive. I think he's head of marketing. And he, he mentioned that he goes, you'd be surprised at how many organ transplants are mishandled. And, you know, everybody's doing the best they can, but there, it's not the same as a production process, right? There's, everyone's a little different. And so somebody might say this, we, we took this organ, we got to fly it across the country and it's, it's at this airport and it doesn't get loaded to the plane. And I, I, you want to know that. Yeah, <laughs> I want to yeah. know that before that plane is up in the air, I want to know that's loaded. Absolutely. Absolutely. And if it's not, I want to have, be able to kind of recover it because again, this, the, each one of the things we talked about, you know, some less, some more, potentially is the difference between life and death for a loved one. Absolutely. Absolutely. We, we always we, we have this word that in, when I was in official clinical services, that a, a patient is always waiting one way or another. And therefore, uh, if, we look at, uh, if we look at that, this is the medical word, but anyway, I always think even, even a kid is always waiting for that gift or, or somebody's waiting for flowers or somebody's waiting for something. But in the life science world, maybe somebody's waiting for the hope to, to in, you know, extend his life. And therefore, uh, I mean, time become critical. Times become very critical in some cases. And that's, I think, good to know that we can assist when this is, uh, when this is necessary. Yep. So, Alex, we've talked about, again, commercial, clinical, cold chain, cryogenics, organ transplants. These are all places that Tive is. And by the way, I should also mention that Tive does also 
have other applications. I know this is an important one. I know you guys, like if I bought a server and and it's got to be shipped from China, I, I'm, that might cost me millions of dollars. I'm going to say, yep, I want a damn tracker on it for, <laughs> to make sure that my server doesn't show up in pieces, right? Yeah. But this is perhaps the most important stuff you guys are doing because again, it's not just tracking where it's at. Visibility is important. I think we're all saying visibility is kind of the the table stakes, so to speak. But you will not only just tell me where it's at, you'll tell me how it's doing. You'll give me some context. Say, yep, your your shipment is right here. And by the way, it dropped. And so make sure someone opens it up and make sure it's okay. Or it's coming out of temperature control. Or it was opened in the wrong location. You can tell me what's going on with my shipment. So final thoughts on this very important topic, Alex Gian. I think that we, 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 we are evolving. I mean, even dive is evolving. Uh, we have people more, always more and more people. One of the beautiful things of the company is that Taif is, is, is a really global company. There is as many people in the United States as outside, as, as in Europe right now, expanding in Asia Pacific, in Latin America. And, and this is a global world. It's an illusion to think that, you know, a global world, if we, if we look at really the globe as usually top point in, the universe, right? So it's all interconnected, whether we like it or not. It's just that we don't realize about it. So I think what Tive is trying to do is is, is 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 getting that supply chain more and more interconnected, allowing. And how we doing? How are the companies doing this? That this is a message to everybody. One very important thing Tive is very strong is just integration. We're integrating our platform with with other other platforms out there. The more transparency, the more integration there is, the more communication can go around this really one little world, the more possibilities we're going to have to make logistics easier, better, faster, and more effective. And if we think about the, the effect that can have in future generations, not only in efficacy and efficiency, but also in reducing waste in sustainability, in making possible to people that today cannot have access to medicine to have it, to food to have it. For me, it's a big mission. It's a big world. Uh, it's, a, it's, it's, it's a lot that we can do. But Dive cannot do it alone. They need to have cooperation. We need to have partners. And I think that partnerships uh, is going to be the key to success, uh, to that mission, that vision that Dive has in order to make this possible, to have is connectivity global. So when you mentioned connectivity and integration, and that, in my mind, enables us to have the proper collaboration. And so when somebody finds out now, oh, I got my shipment, I opened it up and it's broken and it's too late. I, I want if to, if it got broken or tampered with four days ago along the path, I want to be able to have that conversation then. I want to be able to collaborate and say, hey, Alex, send me a new one because something's happened to that one. I know I, I won't accept that one. And, and again, you mentioned there's always a patient waiting. That's a that's a great motto. And again, if we can't collaborate along, there's always going to be disruptions. There's always going to be problems. There's always going to be something that goes wrong in the supply chain. If we have that integration, if we have the IoT or Internet of Tive, I can get to the place where I'm having the conversations I need to have right then. And again, you mentioned earlier, I love this idea of if I see the temperature is always going too high in this warehouse, okay, we're going to do some training. We're going to have adjustments. We're going to, and we don't have that data yet, but the more shipments we have, well, you guys have the data. 
That's what we need. Yep. Anyway, enough of my blather. So before you go, what's new over at Tive? Oh my God, what's new? I mean, we are pretty much. Everything. <laughs> It's been like a roller coaster. I mean, in the last, in the, since I joined it. But one thing that is very, we're putting a lot of weight is in our monitoring services. Uh, monitoring services are important. The, the team, and uh, this is basically monitoring management services is that really to follow because customers are demanding more and more, not just to see the visibility, not just to know what, where, whether it happened, what is happening, but can we do something about it? Can somebody pick up the phone, call the driver and say, be hey, proactive. Be proactive. So you avoid that waste. So we're putting a lot of emphasis, a lot of weight in our monitoring services uh, globally with people in the US and people in, 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 in speaking on different languages so we can manage the experts in logistics also in the team. So that's one thing that I really, I, my opinion is one of the big, big, uh, I mean, areas that we, which the company is going to be putting a lot of investment. The other one is the company, acquired, you know, acquired not too long ago and, and another company doing a very, very cool technology, which is, is, is basically temperature and tracking with very easy, able to read it through a mobile phone. So having a, a mobile phone written by RFID and NFC information, uh, it lo almost looked like a piece of paper, actually. So it's very high technology. And we were going trying to combine technology with, 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 with the TIFE trackers in order to make that a bigger system. That's crazy. We're combining technologies. We are opening, we're spending cryogenic temperatures, minus 100, minus 200 temperatures. That's important technology, difficult calibrations to make in order to cover as much as possible the range in life science, but also in other parts, in other industries. Yeah, it's, it's, it's an exciting moment and excited times and the company is growing fast, but it's growing, it's, I think it's growing with the right vision in mind. Yeah, that's fantastic. That's fantastic. So, you know, it's interesting, um, a little story here. Years ago, when my daughter was still in high school, we were shopping groceries and she looks at these blackberries or blueberries, something like that. And, you know, they all have the barcode on them. And she took her phone and she was trying to read it through a camera. I go, what are you doing? She goes, I want to read where these were grown, where, where these were grown and when they were picked. I go, that's, barcode's not going to tell you that. And then she, she goes, well, it should. <laughs> and, 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 and I said, you know, you're right. It should. And, and eventually it will because of technologies like what you just described. Yeah, right. It, it'll say, it'll be able to tell me every step along the way that this product took. And I think when you have a young person in her twenties now who said this, it should give me that. And she was surprised that it didn't. And I was like, as soon as she said, I was like, yeah. And, and when we're talking about medical shipments, same thing, I should be able to say before I use this medical before I use this medicine, I want to be able to track and see, did this get here safely? Did it stay within temperature range? Absolutely. 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 You know, I will, I will sell just final words here. I was, I remember, think of, and I, this is a message. Everybody knows that you buy fish in the, in the store, you should keep it fresh. Otherwise you might get right. sick. Not everybody knows that if you buy an antibiotic, you should keep, go put it in your refrigerator and it should be kept fresh. Because otherwise, it's not going to work. <laughs> they, oh, should, yeah, yeah. they should know that, but not, you know, people don't know that. If they buy something, biologics, they don't do it. If you put insulin, they know it. But if they put antibiotics, they don't. So they, they should know. That's cold chain. They should keep it. Otherwise, it's not working. Efficacy goes down and boom, you're just, you know, taking nothing. Yeah. This technology, which is, seems really, you know, I must say, you know, this is high tech now. 
it's going to be just standard. I mean, anybody who's not using it, I think, puts themselves at risk because, you know, here in the United States, at least, we have lots of lawsuits. And if I'm able to point out, well, why didn't you do this? This other company uses a tracker like Tive. And if you're not using it and you have problems, and again, for a very small price, Again, when we we're talking about lives at, uh, at risk here, so this this is if the feds don't make it standard, the medical community is going to make it standard. If, if I can tell you good news, is that I I do I am very hopeful as well because I have seen a big big uh, reaction of the industry. They do realize that uh, technology allows them to be more effective on their shipments. They do they see it. I would like to tell you. I, to tell you that they don't see it, they see it, and that's why I feel very good because they see it, I, and that comes from responsibility as well. They, I mean, in the end, I'd love to see when companies are responsible, you know, and they take action and they say, okay, yes, it costs me a bit more, but you know, the benefits for my people, for my employees, for my patients, is huge, and we see that, and that's a good thing in all levels, not only in pharma, biotech, but in food everywhere. They realize this, this is worth it. So it's a good it's a good point. Yep. Well, I can tell you this. I would when I ran a little three PL, I was the general manager CEO. That I would have used Tive for some very specific problem shipments where we had consistent damage. And when you have consistent damage, and they're coming back to you and saying, "We want a, f- a claim for this one," and you're like, "How is this our problem that your packaging is not right? We've told you to fix it, <laughs> or how is this a problem when that's being handled roughly by your you know, your plant. And so I can see there's so many applications, but I, I do appreciate you taking us through the the medical shipments. Anyway, what I'll do, uh, well, first off, Alex, thank you so much. But secondly, what I'll do is I'll put a link to your LinkedIn profile. I'll put a link to Tive and a- any links that your marketing team gives me, I'll put those in the show notes. And Alex, thank you so much. I really do appreciate it. We've been trying to do this for a, probably a month and a half, and I'm so happy to finally get uh, you on my podcast. Sorry, sorry about that. <laughs> no, I know you're a busy man. You're saving lives. So I, the internet of Tive has kept you busy. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Thank you very much. It was really, really a pleasure. And uh, if anybody wants more information, of course, they know how to leave. reach me on LinkedIn, and I'm there always to, to answer questions to anyone. Alex Gian, thank you so much for taking the time. And thank all of you for listening to my podcast. Your support's very much appreciated. Until next time, onward and upward. You've been listening to the Logistics of Logistics podcast, where we engage in conversation with experts in the logistics field. For more details, visit thelogisticsoflogistics.com or follow Joe Lynch on LinkedIn. LinkedIn.